she leads, she thrives. The home of inspired conversations, practical and creative wisdom, expansive leadership and business insights, abundant braggadocious moments of celebration, and useful info you can actually do something with. You'll hear about mindset, marketing, money, magnetism, self-awareness and the Thrive Factor framework, its archetypes and more. Amplify your role as a leader, a self-led soul. Tap into your effortless success zone. Turn your ingeniousness and wisdom into profitable income streams. From solo shows to guests you definitely want more from, there's something for every ambitious, ingenious soul. I'm Shannon Dunn, a true OG of the business coaching space with an obsession with thriving. You are so welcome here. Let's dive into today's episode. This episode was brought to you by the Thrive Factor Coach Certification offered by Thrive Factor School. The certification is a unique, immersive experience into professional coaching and developing proficiency using the Thrive Factor framework and its 12 female-centric self-leadership archetypes. Being a Thrive Factor Coach offers a unique gift of personal transformation your clients will be filled with gratitude for. This is a genuine opportunity to engage in a world-class personal and professional training experience and become part of a community of impact makers as a licensed Thrifactor coach. To find out more, email hello at thrifactorco.com. Last week I tuned into what I found to be such an interesting conversation with other women in business, uh, the focus of it or the topic that came up was about realising that they didn't need to invest in help, support and learning. Instead, they were discovering that they were making different kinds of decisions when investing in, say, a coach or a mentor or a programme of some kind. I loved what I heard and continued the conversation with the client the next day, which was such a valuable richness. It made me think about the difference between investing in something because you think you need it or believe you need it and choosing to invest from a place of considered intention, say with a certain outcome in mind. Welcome to She Leads, She Thrives, the podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Dunn. And I am, as I always will be, excited and grateful to be back with a new episode. I also want to say at this point how blown away I am with the response to all the episodes on the podcast so far. Every day there are new downloads and listener numbers increasing and expanding across the world. So thank you so much for tuning in. Now, the realisation of the significant difference between believing you need support and choosing to invest in support was quite a profound one for me. I was actually surprised that it raised itself as a topic with such force. So I immediately added it to my priority list and here we are very quickly unpacking this more in this episode. And one of the many things I want to do is share with you some of the reasons I see and I feel that drive need and how to shift to a place of choice instead, if that is what you wish to do. Let me kind of also be clear on a few other things related to this. From my perspective, I don't coach because people need me. I coach because people choose to intentionally seek support 
and guidance because they desire to grow with that guidance, with that that mentoring, with coaching. Not because they don't believe they can't do it for themselves, but because, you know, the reality is growth can be tough, can be lonely at times, and create a dynamic fueled with second-guessing, questioning, uncertainty. And sometimes all it takes is having someone you trust who has a different experience and expertise and perspective to you to share where you're at, to bounce an idea off, and someone who can remind you just how phenomenal you are to amplify the growth and anything you want to experience. There really is a vast difference in investing from a place of need and investing from a place of choice. Need is frequently when it is belief-driven, as in, I need this. It can frequently be a scarcity, lack or fear-driven response, mostly the fear of missing out kind of fear, the FOMO stuff. It can fester in spaces of judgment, comparison and uncertainty, And it can grow like wildfire where there is lack of trust in self, in others, and even at a universal level. It's a contracting experience on an energetic and emotional level, not an empowered response at all. And we'll definitely explore what drives us to believe we need further on in the podcast today. Investing from a place of choice is the move of a self-led soul. It can come more from a place of desire, belief, trust, and expansion. It's an empowering response, say, to an invitation to work with others or learn from others. And in my experience, it tends to play out as a very different overall experience for someone when you invest from that place of intentional considered choice rather than need where there's lack-driven I'll share more on how you can shift from need to choice when making your investment decisions later in the episode if that's something that you feel is relevant and useful for you. But first, let us explore what drives the collective to believe that we need. When I thought about this, one of the first things that came to mind for me was a reflection of our global education system. And to me, it feels like a lot of our education system is designed to reinforce that you don't know the answers. It frequently contributes to beliefs formed in childhood that teach us that we need someone else or something external to guide us to the answers and solutions. I know this is a bold statement to make, and I know not every person has had this kind of learning experience. But that was literally the first thing that came to mind when I thought about, well, what is driving the collective to believe we need? And then reflecting on that thought that came up or that realisation that came up, I also then reflected further on why I see and hear so many people saying they need help to find what they are seeking, whether that is answers, solutions, experiences, outcomes, feeling states, a whole lot of other things we can add in there. I was able to see that the coaching and mentoring space has often been responsible for grooming us to need them. So let me explain this a bit more. The need strategy, let's call it that, is alive and well, dare I say thriving. 
preying on your wobbly beliefs, your perceptions of failure, your comparison-driven judgment and criticism of yourself, and there's other things we could add in there. And as a collective who genuinely want to succeed and create impact and earn amazing money, we fall into the webcast by the need strategy perpetuated across the business landscape. It can happen to any of us at any point in time. And I see a lot of coaches and consultants and mentors driving a need strategy in their marketing, focusing on highlighting what you're missing or what you don't want to miss out on, or both. And to me, I see that as an old school pain point driven strategy and ones that I believe are really outdated and unnecessary. I'm 100% not a fan of these kind of strategies at all. They're the kind of things that I put into a bucket I would recall or would call repulsion marketing. For me, they create a lean back effect, not a lean in one. Sometimes they create such a lean back effect that I know personally I've literally felt repelled by them. In a good way, though, because it's been a, a way for me to recognize what is for me and what I don't want to be a part of. When people lean into these kinds of strategies, they can end up investing from a place or a space of perceived need, not choice. Now, as I said before, I coach people not because they need me, but because they choose to invest in support. I adore nothing more than welcoming clients who are intentional about what they want and know that they do not need me or anyone else to be, say, the success that they desire to be. They trust themselves, they act from a place of personal power and choose to invest in support from abundance, not lack or scarcity or FOMO. They want to work in a collaborative way. They want to learn things maybe that I know that they don't. They hold themselves accountable, take responsibility and understand they are already successful and what they've achieved, even if it's not where they want to be just yet. The difference is that they choose to seek support. They don't make decisions based on belief of need. Now, I know that in my early days in business, I invested from those kind of spaces and places that the need strategy focuses on. And for a period of time, I did it over and over until something shifted and I understood why I was making decisions in that kind of way. And then I decided it was not the way I wanted to grow or expand or to be supported by others. I've also been caught in the web of need, even in the most recent years in my business, because, you know, we are human. Reality kicks in, the life situations and challenges, the world takes over and we can get distracted and kind of off, off centre, if you like, from where we were headed and what we really believed. But my realisation and choice to shift how and when I invested wasn't something necessarily to be cured with that just awareness that it wasn't working for me way back. In all honesty, the initial decisions to invest in these situations that I can now see were perhaps more need-driven than choice-driven, felt like they were choice-driven. But then I found myself a part of conversations or group calls or experiencing kind of weird or uncertain responses to questions. 
listening to suggestions of strategies that were ones that were definitely not right for me. And in that, I could also begin to see that some of what had driven those investments, those choices to invest in a certain kind of support were need-driven beliefs. I'm going to share four different beliefs that I know rose up for me in the last few years, some of them more than once, and share kind of a shift to a realisation. Beliefs that were things that I was able to eventually see through and redefine. So the first one was kind of thing that, you know, went through my head. She said being in her space and learning from her would be expansive. And yet in reality, that experience was like so many other empty experiences. And then I was able to challenge myself and and sort of say, really, do I need someone else to expand me? Sometimes yes. But investing because I thought I needed someone to expand me as opposed to choosing to work with someone who could expand me and support me to expand on my own terms and my own way, very different. Another belief-driven thing that definitely led to an investment that not that I did not regret at all, but did not stack up how I wanted it, desired and hoped that it would, is she said we'd get personalised support and an abundance of it. And yet in that situation, the strategies that were highlighted for me and told to me from a very, or shared with me in a very personal way, I heard that particular individual share with every other person in the mastermind. So they weren't personalized at all. So I got to thinking, you know, is there really enough time or even interest on her part to actually support me to be me? Or was it easier in her role in that dynamic to focus on what worked for her and guide us to believe that would also be the key to our success and money? Got me thinking, got me curious. Another belief that definitely influenced an investment decision. She's grown so much and is making so much money, so surely I can learn how she's done it. Now, the reality that came from that investment was that the individual never shared any of the true shifts, growth, and success strategies that they'd used at all. It was told or shared that that would be the case and that wasn't the reality. But that got me to a place of questioning, really, do I need her strategies and her how or do I actually need, if we want to use that word, to trust myself and focus on my own path? Then the final one I want to share with you, she's so cool or you can interject a whole lot of other words there, But, you know, she's so cool. I think I'll love hanging out in her space. That was coming from someone who was really focusing on proximity and the importance of you'll become like me. You'll achieve what I have by just hanging out with me. And yet the reality was that her call, if you want to call it that, was exclusive, not inclusive. It was exclusively for people who were paying a lot more than me And really, 
wasn't my cool or wasn't cool on my on my own anyway wasn't I cool I should say on my own anyway so both my internal world and the external world shifted so much for me say in these last couple of years or so where these things have been part of my belief systems and had driven some need-based decisions that I actually thought were more choice-based when I trusted fully before doubt crept in where I believed I was self-led in making decisions for what I wanted some form of kind of other things rose up and took over the noisy external world influenced me with its subliminal constant message driven by fear and lack so there comes a time for a lot of us in fact I believe this can happen for everybody and can happen more than once where we Shift from need to choice. Earlier this year, after making an investment that I had believed was choice-driven, I actually realised I'd been caught in this need web. I was reeled in by my own doing, which, you know, I can laugh at now. It was quite a confronting realisation at the time. And that that realization fueled something in me, a desire to shift then my decision-making experiences when it comes to investing in support. I'm so grateful for the depth and the breadth of my self-awareness and understanding of my own recognition of personal leadership. So thank you to my Thrive Factor archetypes, which is the predominant lens through which I examine everything. It took a reality check to shift from that place of need to choice. For example, you know, I don't know everything in business, but I also don't need to know everything to amplify my income and success or create a certain lifestyle or work with clients I love working with the most. Yeah. I remembered that the ways right for me are not the ways that work or worked for others. This realization is not a new one. It's not, but it's one I'd forgotten despite coaching clients to this realisation for themselves all the time. My reality check also revealed that some of my investment choices were driven by a need to belong. So to a community, to a place where there was, say, collaboration and celebration for everyone, you know, and everyone was welcomed and included no matter their reality. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with having that need. I also realized that there are genuinely times when supporting myself through investing in others, coaching, teaching, and programs was an empowered move. There are legitimate times when we do perhaps need to learn something or be guided in a certain way. But there is a big difference between making a choice based on need where the need is a false belief as opposed to needing something and then consciously and intentionally choosing to act on that. It really comes down often to whether you are deciding and investing from need or choice as to how you're going to move forward. And I believe this is why I was so intrigued by last week's conversations. Because of my own experiences and because of all the need strategy that I see flying around the internet, I was also able to see, listening to what was being shared, that choosing to invest versus needing to invest can be an incredibly liberating experience. I love there was a couple of women particularly leading that conversation, but also being able to 
on, a, on screen, observe the reactions of the others that were listening in. For me, it was a listening and taking notes as I was tuning into what was being shared. And then I also had a real clear connection and was able to see how the shadow of each of the Thrifad archetypes played into feeding the need-driven decisions and investments when they get made from that place. The shadow rises up when the ego is activated. And our ego is not always working collaboratively with us for our best intentions, even though if you have a conversation with or a chat with your ego, it'd probably have you believe that it is. Now, I wouldn't be honoring creating the Thrive Factor framework in its archetypes, the 12 archetypes, if I didn't consider things through their lens. Actively practicing that always reveals so much for me. That in itself, tuning into my archetypes, recognizing the impact, the way things play out in each of the archetypes so I can support my clients is an act of self-leadership, 100%. Let's go through some examples, though, of the archetypes so you can get a sense of that before I talk to you about some ways that you could shift from need to choice if that's where you're at and what you'd like to do. But perhaps the easiest archetype to talk about first is the mentor-teacher this is an archetype I have and an archetype that is consistently high in terms of how many of my clients have this archetype. I know when this part of me is not in a trusting relationship with my knowledge and wisdom that I can falsely believe I don't know enough for whatever situation that I'm in. <clears throat> with this belief activated, I can invest in more programs more programs to teach me something or say to qualify me in what I have misguidedly believed or thought that I still didn't know or needed to know more of in order to progress forward. When my inspire believer archetype is energetically depleted, say because I might not be sleeping that well or I'm doing too much or I'm ignoring the rest that I know nourishes me, maybe not eating in a really great way, uh, getting enough water. These are all things that we experience or maybe putting in an exceptional amount of effort to cheer and support others, which is a classic act of the Inspire Believer. In these times, this archetype can fall into an external belief that she's not the inspiration she needs or desires to be. And the result of that can see her deciding to invest because she thinks she needs another or others to motivate and energize her, to inspire her, which is not true at all. It's another example of the need strategy and it's a web taking hold. When my liberator engineer archetype feels trapped and closed in or stuck, frustration amplifies and can derail her freedom weaver gift. Then this part of me can easily forget that I have everything I need to expand beyond my self-imposed walls and barriers. And that can and certainly has led to investing in things to fulfill my need to feel free, expansive, and able to boldly weave my own pathways of success. Often fueled by a belief that what worked for someone else would be my solution too. 
but not for this rebellious do it my own way kind of soul. It is not the solution at all. Now, when I see clients with a mediated diplomat archetype, not honoring their personal truth, I see them investing in support, believing it'll create some kind of credibility that they believe they need to justify the value they desire to provide through their business. When they also have the mental teacher archetype, this can amplify in some very unhealthy and inefficient and contracting ways. When I see clients with a queen ruler archetype not stepping into their leadership potential and instead believing they aren't worthy of leading on the scale that they might desire to make impact at, they can ruthlessly react to situations executing or removing people, experiences and things from their lives to create a sense of control. They can invest in solutions that they believe will position them as the regal leader, the credible, somehow special individual that they know themselves to be. But rarely is that the reality or the solution. They don't need that kind of solution or outcome at all. So this is an insight into the need-driven responses of only five of the 12 Thrive Factor archetypes. Each has her own response when she's in the space of need. We need as her driver. She's not in her effortless success zone. She's more likely to be an ego and her shadow self is activated. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but without awareness of that, you can find yourself stuck on kind of a, a loop of doing the same things you say you don't want to do or same experiencing the same things you don't want to experience over and over again. When the ego rises up and the shadow is activated, in the Thrive Factor Coach community, we refer to this as your potential challenges of your archetypes have become actualized. But this is also true. When that happens for an individual, she's not in aligned belief with the core of her thrive factor. She's likely in the space of, say, striving, hustling, anything but thriving, disconnected and not understanding what ease actually means. Her effortless success zone, even though she's experienced it and understands how it feels, feels distant and unattainable. The reality is focusing on intentionally activating one or more of her defined innate strengths, and that'll shift that immediately. So that leads me to explore that, you know, how do you shift from need to choice if that's where you want to go? So aside from consciously and intentionally using the strengths of your Thrive archetypes, if you know them, they're always my primary go-tos. I think it's helpful to consider like what I see happening is a shift occurs and you become more aware or conscious to your reality. And in reflecting on this, I was able to see a few phases or shifts in perception and understanding that I see arise when this happens. That might not necessarily happen in this exact order. You might not give them the same names as I have, but I hope this helps you to understand and recognize for yourself. This is a self-awareness expansion opportunity. So often the first phase, as I've seen it or recognized it, is a realization that past, say, investments or decisions have not led to what you'd hoped. They've fallen flat, disconnected you from who you are or you, who you desire to be. They felt, say, frustrating and not because necessarily they challenged you. You wanted to be challenged and challenge was fine, but they weren't what you wanted or expected or, or desired them to be. 
even though you showed up to things, you did the work, you were on the calls, and yet you might be feeling like you went backwards or sideways in stagnated instead of growing. So you're in a place now of this, you know, feeling stuck where you are and maybe even feeling disenchanted with everything. I've seen this happen a lot in the coaches I know, particularly this year, where things that they'd subscribe to so, so, so much, like with a huge commitment now feel like none of it makes sense. But when we go from realisation I feel like realisation can lead to something I've defined as ignition. The time when there's a fresh momentum and energy, come, it comes alive and you decide to do things differently moving forward. You recognise that the pathways, the people strategies, the learning, the decisions haven't yielded results for you. You understand that perhaps you actually do know, you do have the solutions You do have the answers, the strategies, the belief, whatever it is that you were believing somebody else was going to give you or provide for you. You get to a place of realising you don't need some external influence at all. You may sense you desire support, but you no longer need it. And that right there is monumental. That is where the shift is really taking hold. And next we move into the space of what I've kind of defined as recalibration. It's a commitment, if you like, to actioning differently, to being more discerning, to focusing on what's really important for you, not someone else, for establishing or reestablishing a fresh relationship with trust and belief in yourself, in others, in the universal guidance that you can tap into if you choose. This is recognition that the shift from need to choice has occurred. It's like an awakening. Things and people you previously felt or connected to don't make sense to you anymore. You may shift away from, you know, online or in-person communities because you don't need them like you may have believed you did previously. You might not even want to be a part of those communities anymore. And that in itself can be both unsettling but equally empowering, centering and grounding because from here you choose differently when investing in support and really for all the things. It's not so much a how process to follow but an awareness process to be mindful of that can alert you to the internal shifts that are taking place within you. But if you're the kind of soul who likes something more tangible to work with, I have something for you. I'm very much that individual and I did share that I was going to, where I could, share real tangible, useful things that you could do on this podcast. So I've created or really I've I've reflected on a set of questions that you can check in with before, say, making a decision about investing in support. Now, I've used one or more or all of these often. You might only ask a couple of the questions or maybe you'll ask them all. I read each question out loud and I tune in to how I feel. Like does it flow in my voice? Does it feel like an expansive, really good question to be asking myself? I trust the responses that I get and I know 
which questions then lead me to the clarity and show me whether my potential decision is need or choice driven. So those are the questions I ask in priority. And I ask in the space of curiosity. I'm curious to see what comes up. I'm intrigued to understand what's going on. And I'm more discerning with the action I take in response to this questioning. So let me share the questions with you. Now, if you want to keep a copy of these, the best or really the easiest way to do that will be to head to my website where there will be a complete transcript of this episode on my blog. Just look for episode 007. Should we call this the James Bond episode? Not really. (laughs) But questions to consider when investing support. And as I said, these are in no particular order. This is just the order I wrote them out. Let me read them to you. The first question that you could consider. What is it about this opportunity that I'm drawn to? What is it about this opportunity that I am drawn to? The second question, what do I believe I will get from this investment? Let me repeat that for you. What do I believe I'll get from this investment? The third question to consider, what do I know I will really get? This might feel like it's a hard one to answer, but this is where you can tune into your wisdom and intuition. What do I know I'll really get? And often the answer to this has nothing to do with the promises or benefits that is laid out in someone's sales page or in their social media content. Tune in for what's right for you. The fourth question, when I think about investing in this opportunity, how do I feel? So when I think about investing in this opportunity, how do I feel? The fifth question, when I think about not investing in this opportunity, how do I feel? So when I think about not investing in this opportunity, how do I feel? The sixth of seven questions, number six, what need is this opportunity fulfilling in me? Again, go with the first instinct answer that comes to mind without intellectualizing it. Just go with what comes up and trust that that is a great internal guidance and support for you. So let me repeat question six. What need is this opportunity fulfilling in me? Because the reality is everything fulfills some kind of need. But as we've shared throughout this episode, making a choice because you have a belief-driven need and consciously making a choice because you know that this thing is right for you in this moment is very different. And the last question, am I investing from fear, lack, FOMO, scarcity, comparison? You choose whichever one of those makes sense to you. Or am I investing from desire and from a place of conscious and intentional choice? So let me read that question out for you again. Number seven. Am I investing from fear, lack, FOMO, scarcity, comparison? Or am I investing from desire and from a place of conscious and intentional choice? I like to journal on these questions. I find that writing really works for me. And I've been a writer from when I was a child. And sometimes the art therapist to me likes to use colour to draw and make sense of things. You could also talk through them if you prefer that approach. You speak out loud or talk with someone that you trust. But you do what feels best for you. 
there's no right or wrong with this. But if you feel that you want a framework to support your decisions as you're learning to check in with yourself, then these questions could be an amazing thing to try working with. Now, as a bit of a disclaimer to wrap up today's episode, I want to say that if you've listened and recognized that you've been investing from the space of need, that's okay. I'm not professing that choice is better. But if the need things are not working for you, this may give you context of why of, and also alert you to the fact that something shifted and that there are other options out there. There are different ways to do things. I know for me the need space isn't useful or helpful. It's not me leading, being a self-led soul, and that's what I choose to be. So understanding the space of choice in my decision-making, particularly around the investments I make, is the right path for me and it may be for you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm really loving creating and sharing in this way and I'm grateful for the growing audience that we have around the world to share with. So thank you for tuning in. And if you have any questions at any point in time about anything or something to share, please reach out to Team Thrive Factor and myself. Hello at thrivefactorco.com is the best place to do that. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to being back with a new episode, perhaps a new solo episode, perhaps a new guest very soon. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links, where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.